Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Federal Workers' Comp Coffee Break Podcast. I hope you got your coffee ready. I've got mine. I, uh, I got a, a pumpkin spice Nespresso that my wife made me. Still some leftovers from the holidays. She put some dairy whip topping, which, you know, of course I would never advise any of my patients to have. Full of fat and sugar, but mmm, it's pretty good. So I had this Nespresso coffee today. It's a little longer podcast, got a lot to cover. This is part two of our last one, where we talked about the travel reimbursement 957 for when you're time off of work. But now we're going to talk about getting reimbursed for your time off whenever you're uh, going to doctor's visits and things of that nature. So this particular episode, we're going to be talking a lot more. Hold on just a second. I had to sip my coffee. <laughs> so I, um, I, I, this one is going to be for a CA7 claim for compensation for lost wages. It's more associated specifically for time off work when you have to go to treatments and and uh, doctor's visits, etc. Um, CA7s are used for several different situations. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to start by just going back over what we talked about last time. Last time we started off with travel reimbursements and when you, uh, when you go have to go to doctor's appointments uh, and if you have to travel certain distances. We covered that in the last podcast and this time what we're going to talk about is what is what do you do when a federal injured employee um, has made their choice, they have a medical provider, and they're trying to go to doctor's appointments. They're trying to go to treatments. The doctor is scheduling them uh, for physical therapy or injections or to see the chiropractor and acupuncture or even having surgery, um, including going and having uh, x-rays, MRIs, CT scans, all diagnostic tests pertaining to your federal workers' comp injury during your normal working hours. Now, this happens more often than you would think. A lot of people are off work sometimes in the beginning of the first few days and uh, there's there's continuation of pay and they're, they're getting paid and they're, they're off of work and making those appointments are easy but whenever you're significantly injured and you have to continue being treated uh, but your doctor has got you on some kind of modified duty and you're back to work uh, it's very hard to make your medical treatments and so there are uh, rules and provisions and rights and responsibilities on this topic that we're going to talk about but you need to understand that you uh, you don't need to be bullied into believing that you're not allowed to go during work hours. Now, I personally work in a clinic that we do have a, a early morning hours and late hours, and we do same-day appointments to accommodate so many different people with different scenarios that don't want to miss work. But for those of you who just have to miss some work, there are some provisions that we want to talk about today. So let's dive in and uh, cover that so I hope you got your coffee ready and I'll take another sip here for my coffee because uh, by the way I just uh, wiped foam from the dairy whip topping off my nose it's delicious oh, I love this pumpkin sized coffee all right so let's dig in to obtain your lost time while you're receiving any of these types of medical treatments and diagnostics you need to file what's known as a form CA7 now form CA7 I will put the link so you can download the form in the description of the podcast today. And to, for this for this podcast, we're going to talk about the situation of using the form for your lost wages for time off work when you have to miss some work or leave early or to leave during lunch or certain amount of time to go to these kinds of appointments. 
The reason OWCP recreated this form was for injured federal workers that got injured on the job not to lose your off time or even have to use up all your sick leave for days off to your doctor's appointments or treatments. Now, the injured worker is entitled to lost wages for obtaining treatment for your injuries, but understand that DOL and OWCP will only reimburse you when you're off of work for that amount of time at 66.66% of your lost wages, even if you file a CA-7 correctly. And that could change if you have a dependent, a wife or children, at 75%, but you're not going to be reimbursed 100%. And so I want to get that out of the way before we go into further explanation. All right, so let's talk about the different situations that CA-7s fall under. Okay, there are several situations that you uh, can lose time from work due to being injured at work or having an occupational illness. You could lose time from work because your treating physician deems you totally disabled. Or from working because of your injury or illness, they could say that you're partially disabled. Uh, you might need to attend a medical appointment or therapy, and this happens during your normal shift. If your doctor determines you can work with restrictions and you cannot work a full eight-hour day or you're working a full eight-hour day but you have work restrictions, all of these scenarios your doctor may um, ask you to attend therapy, diagnostics, or treatments, and you need to be accommodated for that time off, If you're even if you're on restricted duty for a full eight-hour day. So in all, in all of those examples I just mentioned, I wanted to re also remind you that for any reason you lose wages from being out of work due to your injury or then occupational illness, and we'll talk about that later, these CA2, occupational illness or injury, you will always need to file a Form CA7, Claim for Compensation Form, that's what it's called, with your employment agency. There should be a designated group that helps you with this. Uh, the only exception to this requirement is if you filed a traumatic injury claim uh, initially, then for the first 45 days, you are entitled to what's called continuation of pay. If you're lucky enough to go to a doctor who knows how to fill out a CA1 using the CA1 16s and 20s, um, where he checks the box for continuation of pay. Many, many doctors don't do workers' comp, often do not know how to check that box off, and you are not to receive continuation of pay if that box has not been checked. But if you do have COP checked off, you're entitled to continuation of pay. Your employing agency will pay you for the first 45 days just as if you had gone to work. In other words, it's not workers' comp. It's not 66.6 or 75% with a dependent uh, workers' comp paying you. You'll get your full paycheck for 45 days. So COP is very important. So if you're still disabled from working after that 45-day period and you need to start submitting a CA-7 um, pretty quickly when it gets past the 45-day period, now, I got to tell you, there's a lot of differences for postal employees. If you're a postal employee, you have a three-day waiting period to start your COP. Now, this three-day waiting period is waived if you're not out of work for 14 days or more. But um, you will have to have the Postal Service do a pay adjustment for those first three days unless your doctor has stated initially you'll be out of work for more than 14 days in their initial report and you can present that and the Postal Service then will reimburse you for all of the days off. If your time lost from work is, is off and on, okay, in other words, you're not consistent, then you'll need to also file Form CA-7A, which is a time analysis form, with your CA-7. The CA-7A will document your lost 
wage um, uh, um, and uh, hours and pay along with your hours worked or what you call the LWOP. Sorry, I'm a clinician, not a postal worker. So not all your terminology I remember right off the top of my head, but lost wages, uh, OP. With uh, your hours worked or hours that you may have used sick or annually for the date you're claiming wage loss compensation for. So keep in mind, if you're claiming wage loss compensation for time missed from work to attend any types of appointments, whether medical or diagnostic or treatment, your claim for comp compensation will not be paid until your claims examiner receives this medical evidence that you attended those appointments. Now that's important to remember. So if your employee agency has enrolled for electronic submission of forms via eComp, which we discussed in the second podcast, you may file the forms on the eComp site, which I highly recommend because your claims examiner will get them immediately. Don't be surprised if you submit these forms through eComp, your employer may contact you to submit the forms with your actual handwritten signature on them. According to OWCP, they can do this even though when you submit the forms for ECOMP, it clearly states that by submitting the form, you're electronically signing the form. No big deal, but it's a common, you know, a common gripe I hear. Your employer cannot delay the submission of these forms to OWCP just because they want a handwritten signature on them, okay? So don't let them tell you that. They must submit your CA-7 or the CA-7A within five working days of the date they receive them. Okay, now, when you fill out a CA-7, I wanted you to take time to go and, and click on the link, pull, pull up a CA-7, and let's fill it out together, okay? I want to go through the instructions. Now, there is, a, there is an instruction form on page two and three of the form, so I'll give you time. I'll sit here, and I'll take another sip of my coffee, and I'll wait. Still finishing up that pumpkin spice Nespresso my wife made for me. So good. All right, let's start from the top. CA7, you got it ready? Okay. Box one and two at the top are self-explanatory. Number one is name your name, the federal employee, last, first, and middle. Number two, social security number. Number three is your OWC case number. They call it a file number, but same thing, OWC case number. Box four in the, in the CA7 indicates the beginning and ending dates covered by this form. These must be the same as on form CA-7 and CA-7B. Now block five, if claiming compensation for any details, that any dates detailed in block four, state total number of hours claimed for leave without pay and total numbers of hours of leave. This should be at least 10 hours unless this is your final claim. Now block six, the first column, you show the full date. Second column for each date noted in column one, state Y, the letter Y, if you're claiming compensation for that date and in if you're not. Now third and fourth, fifth and sixth show the number of hours of LWOP, the number of hours worked, paid columns, holiday hours, and number of hours of paid leave. Now the seventh column using the legend provided indicate the type of leave used, okay? And you know which type of leave you've used so far. Eighth column state the reason you were off work for each day for which compensation is claimed. There must be medical evidence supporting entitlement. By the way, that was an email from somebody in the middle of the podcast. <laughs> I get emails. They earn emails for these things. Um, 
For each day for which compensation, compensation is claimed, there must be medical evidence supporting entitlement. So you've got to get your doctor's reports to do this correctly. You've got to sign a date and form and submit to the appropriate agency official instructions for employment agency, okay? Make sure that you get your doctor's reports, your diagnostic reports, treatment report, any evidence you have that you attended. That has to be submitted with the CA-7. Now, Block 7 verify accuracy of hours and status for each date listed if challenging entitlement for any date attempt to resolve discrepancies prior to submitting claimed OWCP through ECOM if discrepancy cannot be resolved indicate the specific base for the challenge in the space provided remember if you schedule your appointments on your day off or after your normal work hours then you cannot be compensated for your lost time due to your injuries okay it's only during your normal work shift, okay? Also remember that if you have a spouse who is considered a dependent, these wages are tax-free, which reduces the employee's yearly wage, wages and causes the employee's taxable income to be reduced. So that there is some little, little things that are a benefit. All right, guys, so that's the basics for getting reimbursed for your appointments and treatment. Please do not be bullied into believing you cannot get time off work. It's absolutely your right. There are some caveats. Okay, I want to go over a little bit of post office. Okay, for postal worker, it's a little more complicated. In traumatic injury cases, or CA1s, an employee is entitled to a maximum of 45 calendar days of continuation of pay, which we talked about earlier. That's without charge of leave if written notice of injury is filed within 30 days of injury. The period of COP, COP it begins at the start of the employee's first full tour of duty thereafter, or the first day following the disability. That's the first day off work, which occurs, whichever occurs sooner. The period during which 45 days of COP may be claimed must begin with 90 days within 90 days of the reoccurrence, I'm sorry, of the occurrence of the injury, but may end after 90 days from the occurrence. Okay, if after returning to work subsequent to an apparent recovery from a traumatic injury, an employee is again absent from work as a result of the traumatic injury, the employee may use any remaining COPT, COP time left up to the 45-day limit. However, the remaining COPT, COP time must be used within 90 days of the date the employee first returns to work following the initial traumatic injury. That's something that's tricky, and so you got to be careful with that, and that's why I put it in this podcast. You may have to listen to it a couple, two, three, two, three times in a row. An employee must... Um, well, I shouldn't say must. Honestly, you may choose sick or annual leave in lieu of COP. However, this leave may be retroactively converted back to COP provided a request is made within one year of the date the leave was used or the date of the claim approval, whichever is later. Before being placed on LWOP, an employee may choose to use annual or sick leave until it is exhausted. Leave is earned during that part Okay, that part of a pay period in which the employee is in pay status. On favorable adjudication of a claim, that means that your claim is established, you've got a diagnosis, you've got an OWCP case number, it's active. Uh, once, that's, once that's been adjudicated, LWOP, what I mean is you're, you're initially under development and once you have adjudicated the claim to where it's, it's accepted, LWOP may be substituted for a period of sick and or annual leave so that the employee may accept disability compensation for the period of absences. 
On favorable adjudication also of a claim by OWCP, current employees may be permitted to buy back leave. And we're going to do a podcast about that, about buy back leave. But you may buy back the leave that they use while awaiting adjudication. Okay, there's a section in OWC, as I believe it's 545.84. And if the injury is a traumatic injury, only leave used after the end of the 45-day COP period may be bought back. OWCP does not restrict the amount of leave hours an employee may buy back. However, Postal Service regulations do not permit employees to carry over into the next year, next leave year, more than the allowable maximum number of hours of annual leave. Again, I think that's in the Postal Section 512.12. Again, I'm not a Postal employee, so if I get some of that wrong, you know, I've just been doing this for 26 years and a lot of experience, but you know, there are little little rules and regulations of each individual service and government that have different little rules. Um, but again, post office, when an employee buys back annual leave in the previous year in an amount that exceeds the applicable maximum carryover, such excess will be automatically forfeited. So for every 80 hours of leave bought back and changed to LWOP, both annual and sick leave must be adjusted by the amount earned in a pay period. All right, so that's it, guys. That's your CA7. I want you guys to understand that this is a little convoluted, and I understand that. So, I want you, Collins, with getting time off for your appointments, uh, getting your CA7 uh, reimbursements for time off or something. Um, these situations occur, and I'm here. So, thanks for joining me. Um, if under the 